You're listening to Your Art Friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or the Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. I'm Beth. And I'm Andrew. And we're, we're your, your art friends. friends. Let's, Let's get, get thankful. thankful. And we're doing it. <laughs> What's been going on with your life, my dude? Uh, not a whole lot, because, you know, it's only been a few days since we recorded last. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, uh, we used to have like four episodes in the bank, and then life got in the way, and so now we're week to week. Yeah, baby. It's a week to week paycheck, baby. Living on the edge. Um. Yeah, I ate some meals and slept some, and now I'm here. <laughs> but also, um, I've been approached to go back to teaching, and I don't know how I feel about it. Hmm. I don't know if I want to, but I also am afraid to abandon it totally. Yeah, we've been on this journey with you since you had the opportunity to step away from teaching. Yeah. And you were very, feeling very excited about that, yeah. and like... All of a sudden, you've got so much more time to mm-hmm. dedicate to stuff that's maybe more close to your heart. What's the pros cons list? The pros of not going back to teaching are I can focus on the comic. I can focus on the podcast. I can focus on freelance. I can focus on cons. Um, the cons of, of not going back to teaching are I don't have freelance lined up for the beginning of next year, like a, in terms of a big job that covers most of my income. So it's tempting to go back because you'll have consistent income. Because it's safe. Ooh, yeah. we're going to talk about safety. And, and after 2020 and and how rough 2020 was for me in terms of freelancing and, and, and whatnot, I am a little worried. So yeah, there's those pros and some cons that are weighing very heavily on me, right? Yeah, those are adult-ass problems. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer. Me neither. I know that... There are philosophies out there about making decisions based in fear and making decisions based in love. Yeah. But also, life's harsh, man. Mm-hmm. So, maybe what we should do, and we could do this off of the show, just as like a couple of friends, mm-hmm. sit down and put together your like dream income scenario. What's mm. what is What kind of a life do you want to be living? What kind of jobs do you enjoy to do? And how can we kind of make these things work together? Yeah, I like that. Because you're a couple people's favorite artist, Andrew. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to keep being yourself. Yeah. And so how can you loudly be yourself more? Wear more pink. How you wear the, yeah. <laughs> Let's just have you buy some more pink and fix it up. Deal. I think you're wearing the exact same outfit that you were when we recorded last time. Uh, yeah, I like this hoodie a lot. The shirt underneath the hoodie is different, though. <laughs> I trust. I, trust. <laughs> I have I have bathed since our last it's, recording. I don't think I said it. it. It's a pink beanie and a pink hoodie. He's all pink right now. Yeah. All pink all the time. In Ohio, it's cold enough outside that um, 
it's it's now officially like you must wear a hoodie and potentially also a jacket with the hoodie outside to be comfortable. Are we at the place now where we're talking about the weather? <gasps> Maybe. That's our show is talking about what we're wearing because it's chilly outside. I can't let this happen, my dude. <laughs> we need to lift it up. I okay. need to talk to you about my... Tell me about what you've been up to in the last few days. I finished my first horny boy during the run of this podcast. I have been working on this like horned large oxen man and there's a bunch of rats all around him. And if you remember from like an early episode, my friend Ross said that the rats looked like cum. They don't. They look like rats now. And it's done. It's finished. It's I put the stamp on there. There's a couple little things that I'm probably going to go back and do, but I don't have to. And that's that's the tasty juice. Yeah, it, it definitely looks amazing. Thank you. I'm so excited for the next one. Yeah, I have the next one coming up. It's already all mocked up. Sexy Dragon Boy. I have Sexy Dragon Boy next. I posted a little bit about it to TikTok and people really, really like it. Like hundreds of thousands of people are really invested in the monkey dragon piece. So I'm like on the road to do that. But now I'm like, how do I introduce my tall oxen horny boy to my TikTok audience? Because maybe they'd be interested. You should. uh, You should. See if Mike is comfortable filming a, a thirst trap where you start off showing the artwork and then you like do he's a not. Like, I'll tell you right transition now, and show him with like horns on his head. <laughs> 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 or you could do something where instead of maybe a thirst trap, maybe you show a here's where it started. Here's where it ended thing. And you show him with like horns <laughs> as like reference. And then you like do uh-huh. some sort of cool transition into showing the artwork. Not a bad idea. He won't be comfortable with it. I would have to only be his face because he is shirtless in the pictures. And my boy is a sweet, he's a sweet private man and would not want his nippies out in the world. I, you know, I understand that. So I got to figure out a way to spin it. Maybe, you know what I'll do? What? So I used a bunch of wrestler bodies for reference. Yeah. And so maybe I'll just take Mike's head and arms and like the pose and kind of um stitch together a reference sheet of of different man parts yeah and then that'll be that'll all, be all that'll, the man do, parts. I'll do that yeah i'll do a little frankenstein photography thing. <laughs> first it'll be mike's face and then foof we're looking at frankenstein photography and then foof final illustration and then foof animated version of the final illustration that would be cool i did that too i'm excited And it's the first piece that I've done for myself only that I spent like a really long time doing. Like I'll doodle and draw a little stuff here and there, but I don't know that ever in my my whole actual life have I dedicated this amount of time and thought Mm -hmm. and enjoyment to one piece for me. Mm -hmm. And now I can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for the weather? Pretty good. Well, it's week two of Thanks Vember, where we talk about friends, family, mentors, and rivals who got us where we are now. Last week, we talked about friends, which means this week, we're focusing on family. Woo! But first, Andrew, would you rather be raised by wolves or bears? Ooh. He's thinking. He's gazing out the window. Well, my, my, fir- my gut instinct was bears because then I get to sleep and hibernate. <laughs> Yes. But but I also feel like I radiate too much golden retriever energy to 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 not go with wolves. 
Oh, so you would like be too rambunctious around the bears. Yeah, I'd probably be pulling pranks and like maybe smacking the fish out of their mouth. Like and they would get real frustrated with that. I can see you doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Bears are solitary creatures. Mama bear has her babies. But then after babies do grow up, all the bears go off and do their own individual things. Whereas wolves, you've got the whole the family unit. Yeah. But they don't hibernate. No, you're right yeah. about that. It's, but they do play, they all go all play the time. and they are, you know, friendly and well to each other, not to other animals. It sounds to me like right now you're at an interesting crux in your life where you need to make a decision personally about whether or not to go back to teaching or to stay on this more unknown freelance path. Mm-hmm. And the desire within your own heart might be to just go to sleep. Which has informed your decision to go with the bears. As somebody over 30, yes, I have transitioned into the the point of my life where I would much rather just go to sleep. (laughs) Always. I'd put that on a t-shirt. Would have had a bad day. Go to sleep. I stubbed my toe. I'm not going to put on a band-aid. I'm just going to go to sleep. Wake up, spill your coffee on yourself. Just go to sleep. Just go back to sleep. (laughs) You ever taken a coffee nap? A coffee nap? Yeah, so this is an insane thing that you probably shouldn't do, but I heard about it once and I've tried it and it works. You like down a bunch of coffee and then you take a nap. Yeah. And then when you wake up, you're you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you set an alarm so you wake up from the nap or do you let nature take its course and wake you up when, when you're ready to wake up? I say it's a power nap. 20 minutes, Mm. you set your alarm, you do the little like calm app, whatever the fuck, old men talk to you in your ears, it helps you go to sleep. That helps me a lot when I'm trying to take a nap. Mm -hmm. Also wear jeans. Here's, okay, here's my nap instructions. Put on your tightest pair of jeans. You wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, what? I'm going to take a nap today. So I have to wear my tightest pair of jeans. Does that say your bottom half feels like it's being hugged? Uncomfortably so. (laughs) Halfway through the day, once you start getting a little bit tired but you still have stuff that you need to get done, you'll mm-hmm. take your 20-minute power nap. So brew your cup of coffee, down a whole cup of coffee, mm-hmm. take off your horribly tight jeans. Okay. Put on your Calm app over your ears. Have an old man lull you to bed. Okay. 20 minutes. You're so comfortable. You've done that thing where he's like, take all of your muscles and tense them as hard as you can, and now release. Oh, it's wonderful. No pants. Perfect. 20 minutes. Alarm goes off. You wake up. Your coffee kicks in. Mm -hmm. And now you are energized both in your brain, in your sleep patterns, and in your coffee intake, ready to take on the rest of the day. Okay. I'll have to try that sometime. I haven't ever thought about wearing really tight pants and then right before the nap, take those pants off. Dude, have you ever Do you replace them with sweatpants or do you just... Do you just take the pants off? I do not enjoy to sleep with pants on at all. So I don't. But if you if that's a you thing, please do. I'm just saying that when you have uncomfortable clothes on and -hmm. then you take off those uncomfortable clothes, your whole body is like, this is the best thing. I would live with the bears in the winter right now and take the good nap. Yeah. Is it weird that I can go to sleep wearing jeans? What, how would you like me to answer that question? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I think I would go with a wolf. 
I would be raised by wolves. It'd be more fun. What about you? Yeah, wolves. Wolves. I think there are some bear people out there, but you and I make sense that it's wolves. Yeah. Instead of swatting the fish out of other bears' mouths, I think when they go to like, you know how in on like the Discovery Channel, the bear will be like standing on a rock and it's like a little waterfall and they're like trying to go for the fish as they're like jumping up or coming down. I feel like I would be like in the bushes hiding and then I'd just be like, hey, like from far away. Oh, you're like a terrible (laughs) golf attendant. (laughs) Attendant's not the right word. Onlooker. You can't, you're not allowed to go to the golf courses and to watch the boys hit the balls with the sticks. I don't think I would ever go to a golf course and watch golf because I find golf boring. That's the problem. I think if you ever were dragged to a golf course, you would find it boring and then you start doing the hay, the bush hay, yeah. Andrew's patented bush hays. <laughs> bush hays. <laughs> and then the stick boys are like, oh, and that's how Andrew got salted. <laughs> Oh, I wish I knew an, the name of a golfer. Arnold Palmer. Ar- Ar- that's the day when Arnold Palmer attacked Andrew Thompson. And I only say that because the drink. And that's the only reason I know a golfer's name. Man, maybe that's what we need to do as artists. Like, our main career will be independent illustration. But also, we have a famous drink named after us. Ooh. What would your drink be and named? That's, what would my drink be? What would my drink be named? Yeah, if you had a famous drink, would it just be named like Beth Radloff or would you? I don't want anyone to drink Beth Radloff. <laughs> just put some Beth Radloff, let it coat your throat. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it would have to be some, well, ew, you know what? That's what he does. Arnold Palmer coats our throats, huh? <laughs> We put Arnold Palmer in our bodies by choice. I feel like I would have to go with something that's like schnapps because it sounds like schmandrew. Yeah, that's the question. What's in the drink? Because it has to be our name. Yeah. So if I was to order an Andrew Thompson, or am I am I ordering an Andrew Schmandrew? Maybe an Andrew Schmandrew. Can I have an Andrew Schmandrew, please? And they're like, yeah, sure. And they just like, <laughs> <laughs> please finish that statement. <laughs> it's not funny. I was going to say they like a hawk a loogie in a cup with ice. <laughs> Which comes from nothing and is insulting in a way that I don't understand why. <laughs> because Schmandrew because Schmandrew is like a, a, a teasy goofy way to subvert your name. I was like, how do you teasy goofy subvert a drink? Oh, you put boogers in it. No, you don't. <laughs> Your drink doesn't have boogers. I don't feel that way. Okay. Your drink, uh, it would be pink. Naturally. I think it would be a pink gradient. It would be Ooh. like a... Hmm. It would be like a pink to purple gradient. A pi- that's what I was thinking. A pink to purple gradient. Nice. And it would have like berries in it. Ooh. And a little, a little, little diabetes straw. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just filters out the sugar as you drink it. There you go. <laughs> Around the edge. Yeah, it's Splenda around the edge. Spl- <laughs> so I want to talk about the question: Do your parents support your art career? Yeah, because that's what I think. That's the the main pillar of the family conversation. Mm-hmm. So many people who choose to be artists 
have this conversation with each other about like, oh, how did how did your parents feel when you said that this is what you wanted to do and told them you wanted to go to art school and you picked up your first gig? Yeah, you name it, different iterations of it. So question I want to ask is, why is it a ubiquitous question? Do your parents support your art career? So we don't ask that about engineers or lawyers or regional branch managers of Amazon distribution centers. It's a given that those capital C career paths will satisfy our guardians. So that question isn't on our lips. But with art, it's different. With art, there isn't an inferred guarantee. And let's talk about that for a moment. Mm -hmm. So where is the guarantee that you will live a rich life as an engineer? Where's the guarantee if you go into a tech space? Labor jobs are desperately needed, and yet they're frowned upon by the hoity-toity parents because we've waged like a cultural war on the labor force for decades. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I grew up seeing every single depiction of a plumber as a hairy, overweight, underdressed man with his butt crack hanging out. Yes, I, the, every cartoon imaginable that showcased a plumber was that. Mm-hmm. You can make an absolute killing doing plumbing. Mm -hmm. It's a good job. And especially right now, because so many folks in our generation don't want to be associated with that caricature. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm doing renovations on my house right now. And it's it's hard. It's hard to find people to do work on the house because they're all so busy with their schedules yeah. and they're all like able to charge a lot more because of what high demand and low um, supply. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that being an artist, I feel like you have to have some sort of playfulness or like um, hmm. not immaturity, but like youth used to you in terms of how you approach things. And I feel like that's not associated with making a living. No, it's not. And so a lot of people when especially when you're like young and you're like, oh, I want to be an artist, like a lot of times your parents might get worried because they you know from their standpoint it comes from a place of wanting the best for you and they want you to yeah. you know make a living and succeed but they may not understand that you know you can absolutely do that as an artist because and and that's what i want to talk about because mm -hmm. what i'm getting at is that like individually we don't know everything about every career there's no way for me to understand what Nope. The full breadth of being a plumber looks like the full breadth of working at a bank looks like because I haven't done it. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who who is close to me who does it. Yeah. And so we rely on collective perception. We rely sometimes intentionally, but mostly unintentionally on memes to help define what a politician's job is, what a handyman does, what a government employee has to endure most people are not artists, and so their understanding of what the artist does is also subject to this collective perception. And unfortunately, the collective perception for the artist says that she won't make any money, and that's the keystone. You ready for this? Yeah. I don't have to tell you that our global economic system is one called capitalism. <gasps> I don't have to tell you that we are born into a society and I don't have to tell you that those two facts result in us being conditioned from an early age to directly link our self-worth to our ability to earn capital. Yep. One of the biggest questions we are asked as children is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yep. And the answers are judged based on the collective perception of how able to earn capital that B is. 
when you were little, like real little, what was the thing that you told people you wanted to be when you grew up? I remember giving a presentation in fifth grade Mm -hmm. and I had to dress up as the career in question and I wanted to be an ecologist. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I I wore like, we went to the resale shop Mm -hmm. and I got like uh, an oversized science jacket yeah, and then I cut out big swaths of brown construction paper and just taped that all over me, like I had been like in the dirt as a scientist. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, I just talked about how I wanted to be a, a ecologist, mm-hmm. and I probably, I think I probably would have gone down that path, some kind of like scientific mm-hmm. um, exploration of you know who fucking knows? Because I do, I do love the natural world. I do love nature stuff. I'm a nature documentary kid, as you know. Yeah. But as I got older, I got more interested in, like, sociology and psychology. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I would end up going into, like, anthropology instead. And in a way, the work that I do is about these things. And in a way, the show that we do is about sort of quietly changing cultural perception about artists. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be a paleontologist. Really? I love dinosaurs, and so I wanted to be a paleontologist. It was that simple. It wasn't like the science of things. No, or it was literally, I just love dinosaurs. And I was like, how can I work with dinosaurs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like, I always wanted to be a little bit different. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, to the point where I would get those how to draw books and get the mm-hmm. how to draw dinosaurs one. And I would copy all of the drawings in it over and over and over and over again until I didn't need the book to draw the dinosaurs. No wonder one of your most popular pieces is your dragon piece. (laughs) So, yeah, we all unquestioningly have a dream job. And only this year have I stopped to examine how weird it is for every single one of us to have a dream job. Yeah. Like to dream of labor, to dream of doing work. Mm -hmm. What the the fuck? Right. Yeah. We villainize the unemployed and we shame people for needing help. So with that context, I return to the question, do your parents support your art career? Yes. They probably don't. (laughs) (laughs) They say they do, but they probably don't. But that isn't anyone's individual fault. It's our collective fault Mm -hmm. because we haven't done a good job of teaching each other and talking about what this job actually is. Our parents love us. They want us to be safe in an unsafe world. They want us to walk the easy path and to never suffer. Our parents don't support our art careers because we culturally don't make it easy for them to. It's brave to be an artist. I was watching a TED Talk by Katerina Gregos, who Mm -hmm. emphasized the immeasurable importance of art. Its merit cannot be judged by numbers or popular consensus. It's something that creeps into you undefinably. And it questions the powers that be by subtly changing the world one perception at a time. So, of course, a career in art is culturally demonized. It quietly holds powerful people accountable. It's somehow unnecessary and essential. It's what makes us human. And in the paraphrased words of the asshole Frederick Nietzsche, we have art in order to not perish from the truth. I'm so brave. Yeah, you are. (laughs) And our parents' fear about us pursuing art as a career, like, fully comes out of love. Yeah. Yeah, and I think think that's super important to to highlight. Because I think a lot of people, as a 
person who teach has taught at a you know art college i hear stories sometimes from students who are like uh and they they talk about their parents like villains because of this and it's like oh you gotta understand there's there's reasons why they do it it's not necessarily their fault it's the the world we live in's fault Mm -hmm. yep and like we play into it too Mm -hmm. making jokes and and I suppose as comedians, the whole thing with our podcast producer being our our dad who disapproves of our yeah. career choice, like maybe maybe it's irresponsible to make that joke mm-hmm. on our show, but it's it's funny Com- when comedy and art live together. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of recognizing uh, uh, a sort of a head buddy relationship. Because art is inherently optimistic. Art sees the world the way that it could be. Yeah. A more beautiful world, a more communicative world. Mm-hmm. And comedy likes to put a lens up to the world and to point at what's unusual and to point at point point at and bring to the surface problems. Yeah. And talk about them. And so both disciplines do that work, but in ways that are kind of in conflict from one another, one another. Cause mm-hmm. I, I do think that comedy can be a lot more pessimistic than art. Yeah. Yeah. I think or so. At least the way that I practice it. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I, I, I agree, but I also think one of the cool things about, you know, our show and the, the combination of comedy and art is to relate back to the principles of art. You got to have contrast. Nah. so you gotta like you can't you you gotta have something in there to balance it yeah and i I also think it it the comedy part of it i feel like mixed in with the art part of it keeps it grounded and keeps it realistic Mm -hmm. um and and that's one reason why I really enjoy our show, because I feel like uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, trying to, you know, quietly change the perceptions of certain things when it comes to being an artist. And I think mm-hmm. that is one really cool ability of comedy and art combined. Yeah, it opens the door and invites people into the studio. Yeah, because the comedy is going, hey, we recognize this thing that is this accepted kind of trope thing that we you know live with and hear about all the time but the art side of it is going okay how can we make this better how can we how can we push this forward i think that's the really cool part about it oh oh okay Hmm? it's it's i guess it's time um yet again we've been employed by the great artist council to write for the weekly artist newsletter a super real and secret publication that proves that art talent is actually just magic and the only way to know how to use it is to have a subscription we are but humble writers Mm. and i think we have the opportunity right now to take what i was talking about earlier Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe change the system so let's let's come up with a way to convince our dad that art is a good career path. Okay. I think okay, so number 1, hear me out. First thing. Yeah. is convince them to to live a day without art. Ooh. 
All right. Get him goggles. Blackout goggles. Can't see anything, right? Yep. Because look around you right now. Everything is art. Everything that's been designed in front of you is art. The chair I'm sitting in is art. The cup I'm sipping coffee out of it is covered in art. There's a liquid death can, which is mountain water. This is the most artful thing that I think I've, I have in my general... Vicinity? Immediate vicinity. Yeah. It is a, an aluminum can that looks like a, like a tall beer can. Mm-hmm. It says liquid death. It says murder your thirst, and it's just water. It's just the combination of, like, this hardcore, radical, beer-drinking, cool boy identity. But it's just water. What a great joke. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, Dad can't see it. I got excited (laughs) about the beer can. We can't show it. We have to to make him appreciate that um, it's a necessity. Yeah. What if it doesn't work? What if he takes off his goggles and is like, what an annoying day that I just experienced. Oh, you know what he'll do? What? He'll tell us that he wasn't missing art so much as he was missing being able to confidently walk around his home. Mm. Because I will admit that, like, as far as the Maslow's hierarchy of needs goes. Yeah. uh, Not getting your shins all bruised because of the coffee table is pretty immediate in that, uh. The worldly desires. That's fair. Ooh, here's another option. Show him the episode of the Fairly Odd Parents where everybody turns into gray blobs. And how there's no uniqueness or individuality at that point because everyone is just gray blobs and everything is gray. How gray blob is your father is an important question to ask when doing it this way. Because if if your own father is Grey Blob, you run the risk of him going, finally, a place where I can belong. Hmm. Make him watch anime. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. Any father who has watched one episode of anime will recognize the value of art in this world. <laughs> I think another way to make sure that your dad's cool with you doing an art career is to just like have a lot of money to start. You could go to the... F- oh, this is too crazy. I'm trying to think of a more creative way to make a lot of money than to rob a bank. I don't want to tell people to just rob a bank. It's also harder to rob a bank now than it used to be. <laughs> That's you true. Ever thought about that? Yeah. It's really hard to commit crimes. Sometimes I watch like crime documentary stuff and I'm like, wow, bitches got away with a lot back in yeah. the day because we or didn't like have in the cameras. Old, in the Old West, you could just go to a new town. Like, you wouldn't even be yeah. that far away. You'd just be in a new town. Did old Western men have social security numbers? I don't think so. Ooh, here's an option. Invent a time machine, go back in time, and stop the creation of capitalism. <laughs> All right, let's just take down the whole thing. Let's rewrite the rules. New constitution, then our dad will, won't have <laughs> a, a hill to stand on. There we go. Wow. I The thing that I was going to say that I stopped myself from saying because I thought it'd be too crazy was to invent a time machine and go forward in time and find out <laughs> and find out what um, stocks did good. Abolish government. And then your dad will appreciate your art career. <laughs> yes. That, I'm going to put that as our final 
suggestion. Do you think we should put in parentheses, except the artist council? Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I, why didn't I think of that? It never fails that each week we see someone do something creative that makes us say, why didn't I think of that? So before we move on with this show, let's applaud those who did it first. Yes, let's. And I'll start. Mine's weird. Yeah. Most of the time, I want the why didn't I think of that's to be a like cool image or a pin that I thought was neat. This time, it's a whole ass man. <laughs> Y'all... I am the biggest fangirl of uh, uh, it's unfair to call him an Internet content creator because that's not quite right. Mm -hmm. He's a genius. okay, a thinker. Yeah. An optimistic pessimist. Tim Rogers. Tim Rogers is currently a uh, video game reviewer. Okay, because he's done many, many other things in his life. But like when I say video game reviewer, I'm not talking about like. Well, guys, living figure Minecraft. It's not that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Rogers produces um, three to ten hour long sprawling video game reviews that are more so about sociology mm -hmm. than about the game. Like he uses the video game as a framework to discuss humanity. Yeah. And humanity as it like directly pertains to his experience, which mm -hmm. has been an interesting and, and wide experience. Uh, I admire him so much. Should I fangirl for a long time? Probably not. I could if I wanted to. Um, but what he has done is just this week, mm -hmm. he has concluded season one of Action Button Reviews, which are these like sprawling reviews I was talking about, yeah. uh, wherein he made six very long reviews about six different video games all having and every single review examines the overarching idea of authenticity mm -hmm. from a different angle yeah and he just did the cyberpunk 2077 Ooh. final release 10 hour video and have i watched all 10 hours you bet i have damn have i like gone back and re-watched parts because that's how fucking into it i am you bet I i'm a freak i'm a freak for tim rogers <laughs> He starts with the Final Fantasy VII remake. He goes on to talk about The Last of Us, Doom, Pac-Man, Tokimeki Memorial, and now Cyberpunk 2077. And it's it's like the the richest free content that you can consume. Second to our show, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The idea of comparing myself to anything that, that he makes... Because he's he's brilliant. Like he conceived of this whole thing within like a week, and it's been the last two years of his life. Um, I love him. I don't think I could be his friend. Yeah, because it's intense. But yeah, as far as like things that he makes, I want to eat every every morsel of what he makes. Uh, and I wish that I could make something the way that he can. But I literally cannot because he has um, he's able to autobiographically remember every moment of his own life to the minute. Uh, and he uses that. In his storytelling. Yeah. So he's able to remember like verbatim what people have told him in the history of his life mm -hmm. to his face, uh, his thoughts and experiences when certain things come out and, and events happen in world history 
And he does it in service of like talking about video games. And he understands that that's stupid mm-hmm. and like small as in comparison to like all of the greatest contributions that a person can make to the world. And yet it is also so beautiful and valuable. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he does it. And I, I can never do something the way that he can do it. And I admire that so much. And I wish that I could. I wish I could make content like Tim Rogers. Why didn't I think of that? If you're interested at all, I don't know where you should start. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm real glad that you went first because mine is real short. Um, (laughs) Mine is based off of a thing I saw on a friend's story on Instagram that just says, if someone from Ziploc could contact literally anyone in the cereal business, that would be great. And have I thought about that? That's sentence too much yes yes i have whoa because that would be amazing you wouldn't have cheerios that go bad in the box that's what they're talking about yeah i'm thinking like capri sun cereal baby just go and grab a bag to go yeah i mean it's gonna it would might get be soggy, bushy though. maybe they have a system maybe they have a system though you know in korea and japan you go to like mm-hmm. um you go to 7-Eleven or those little corner stores mm-hmm. and they have like cool ways of packaging things so that it doesn't get soggy. Like you can get a rice ball that the rice itself is wrapped up in a piece of plastic and then the he's making hand signals. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and then the 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 seaweed is wrapped around it, but it's all, it's separated from the rice so it doesn't get soggy. But the way that you open the plastic automatically affixes the seaweed to the rice mm. and you have a perfect little ball of of delicious joy to eat yeah what if you could do that with a bag of cereal and milk would the straw have to be wide enough to like suck the cereal up so it'd be kind of like a boba straw a boba cereal milk bag okay here's the thing so it's a multi-level like like it's a cup almost within a cup so there there's yeah. like the bottom part is the cereal Mm-hmm. The next part on top of it is a, a like a seal kind of like when you get a boba like that you stab the thing yeah, through. Yeah, that plastic heat seal. Yeah, yeah, so it's that. And then it's milk. And then it's another one of those. And so you stab it through, you pull the straw back up, and you let the milk go into the cereal. And then uh-huh. you stab it back in and then you drink the cereal. Cereal, it's like Dippin' Dots. They're really small little buddies. <laughs> The cereal of the future from now (laughs) on. Hi, I'm Beth, and you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denik Notebook ambassador. So why? Well, back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an office depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denik, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life, because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their Stay Flat notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay-flat notebooks. They have a Smithsown binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf, they're the perfect A5 size, and most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk regardless of what page you're turned to. 
never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. And Denick works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So, if you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to denick.com. That's D E N I K. Dot com and enter code BRAD, B-E-R-A-D, at checkout for 15% off your order. That's denic.com. Find your favorite thing there and then enter code BRAD at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks. Back to the show. Hey, Sang. Yes, Andrew? Can we talk about color? Hey, wait. Hey. Sang? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Where'd you come from? Florida. Sang Lamb is on the show. Again. Woo. Again, yeah. You are the first returning guest. Oh, I'm so special. You are. Oh, this is very exciting. Sang just happened to be in Ohio and stopped by Andrew's house, and now she's on the show. Yeah. Totally planned. Super not last minute. <laughs> exactly. We, we've we had this in our schedules on the calendar for months now. It's it's totally planned. You know, we booked, booked her way in advance because she's so busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this week for Color Corner, I put together a little game and this works with two people. So what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to give you both a multiple choice question and then we will count to three at the end and you'll reveal what you think the answer is. Okay. Okay. The question is, what color isn't used on airplanes? Which, saying you were just on a plane, so you might have an advantage here. So what color isn't used on airplanes and other forms of transportation because it might make passengers feel nauseated or dizzy? A, lime green. B, olive. C, teal. D, yellow. Or E, this is actually a trick question, and none of these colors are the right answer. Oh, don't throw that one in there. <laughs> Statistically, that's the one that it is. Now, both of you, take a moment. Think of your answer. Okay. Okay. Do both of you have, have one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Olive. Lime green. Uh, so A, lime green, and B, olive. So we're in the green realm. Yeah. Wrong. Oh. Is it, it's a trick question, isn't it? You stinker. It's yellow. What? Yes. Yeah. If you, um, yellow is a but, color that is. But taxis, you, though. Well, but Andrew, taxis, That's on the outside. Though. That's on the outside, not on the inside. Oh. What? But when I'm in the city and I get into a taxi, there's other taxis. <laughs> I thought of like Southwest logo because they have yellow on it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like the spirit logo. The spirit planes yeah, are just yellow. So one thing that they say. Is that say, why I hate flying spirit, dude? <laughs> maybe. But no, in, in the, the, the article I was reading, it talked about how they don't use yellow as like a main color inside of, of, of like planes or other types of transportation like that. Um, and if they do use yellow, it's very sparingly or like, like specific. I'm, I'm floored. I'm floored (laughs) because the outside of so many transportation school buses are yellow. Yeah. Like the whole thing is yellow. 
But when you're sitting there in your seat, you're not staring at yellow, though. But I'm thinking about it, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, the, yellow's your branding color. You're like always thinking about yellow. I'm, <laughs> that's maybe that's why I have this problem. I get motion sick. Yeah, always. It d- doesn't matter what we're doing. I'm gonna get motion sick doing it. Oh. And maybe that's because my branding color is yellow. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I think I just made Beth rethink her entire branding. Dare I ask the science behind that one? Um. So it didn't go so much into the science. It was just that it's similar to how, you know, certain colors evoke certain emotions like pink calms people down. Yellow happens to, you know, make some people nausea. Yellow happens to make some people nauseous or dizzy if you stare at it too long. And I think it also has to be like a certain saturation of yellow, like a really vibrant yellow, because that's what they used in article. Gotcha. Okay, so that leads us to our next bit, which is how do our parents describe what we do? Yeah, because this episode we're talking about family, let's like literally talk about our family. Andrew and I, I know, are fortunate that we have supportive parents with our art careers. And I I joked earlier about how like no parent is actually supportive about art careers. (laughs) Um, But on the whole, I know I can say that like my folks have been really cool about the decisions I've made. And they've worked out for me up to now. That's nice. I don't think, like, my my family wasn't, like, against it. But my dad was, like, like kind of weird about it. It's, like, I graduated from art college. And he was, like, you're going to be a doctor, right? But, like, but with a serious tone. And I was, like, oh, no. Why is it always the dads? I have, like, the same story where I told I told my dad that I was going to go to art school. And he was, like... You could do anything. Are you sure? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Is that your final answer? So you're you're that's what you're committed? I support you. Yeah. It's like, well, do you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that healthy healthy bit of criticism. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you told me that you had a standout dad memory. Yeah. So when I was in seventh grade, I took these Saturday art classes at this local art school in Indianapolis. And I signed up for a couple of them. And I think this was the second one I took. And it was for comic illustration. And I ended up having the same teacher for years because I went back to that class over and over and over again. And I'll never forget this because like first day, my dad comes in with me and actually sits off to the side. Like the whole time I'm there, didn't just drop me off and leave. And so the teacher was going around introducing himself to everybody and kind of coming up to each kid and being like, hey, what do you want to do? What's your goal? Like kind of, you know, scoping out where we were artistically and what we wanted to to improve on. Was he the only dad sitting on the sidelines? He might have been. I don't remember. Ooh, that's weird. Yeah, it was definitely like the like clingy parent, the helicopter parent. And he only mm-hmm. did it the first first class he didn't stay after that it was just the first class and i remember the teacher walking around also sorry cadence is crying i don't know if you can hear her i can hear her let me let me try one other thing i'm gonna block off the stairs and leave her out of her crate so she's downstairs and has freedom but isn't in her crate and maybe she'll be quiet okay That sounded like it fixed it. Yeah, I think so. 
So when I was in seventh grade, I took this art class and my dad, he came in and he was the one weird parent who sat there the entire class. He flagged down the teacher at one point and I heard my dad ask him, can he make a living at this? Oh. And the teacher, without hesitating, just said, absolutely, he can. Oh, nice. Yes. Like, see, no hesitation, <clears throat> no nothing. I, I like clear as day remember sitting there drawing Inuyasha and <laughs> hearing this conversation behind me. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah, artists know. And that's a part of this show. That's a part of our job is to sort of be examples of and showcase that there are so many opportunities to use creative thinking and illustration in the world. It's not just drawing pictures and hoping to get into a gallery. There's so many more yeah. applications. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, saying you work in animation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I never really thought like, I like watch cartoon, but I never think about like, Oh, someone like sat down to draw each frame. And stuff. Yeah. Not only did someone sit down to draw each frame, but there was one person who sat down to draw one character. Another Mm -hmm. person sat down to draw a different character. Someone else sat down and drew all the props in the scene. Somebody else came and did the backgrounds. And on top of that, the people who are animating the characters are not the same people who designed the characters or clothed the characters. There's like an entire team of people who specialize in these little niche things. And you don't know about that because when you're in fucking second grade and they ask you what you want to be when you grow up you don't know that you can be a story designer for a nickelodeon show you just know (laughs) artist yeah Yeah. so it all goes to say thank goodness for that teacher yeah hell yeah 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 and we're showing our dads (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we thought it would be funny to ask our parents today how they describe our jobs to their friends. And and boy, did they deliver. And Beth and I talked about this before we started recording, but they surprisingly know exactly what we do and can explain it and articulate it very well. Yeah, which is different from, let's say, four years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember my parents did not know how to explain my job, but... Knowing, I think what happened is like in that time period, I got better at telling them what I do. And so they got better at telling other people what I do. Mm-hmm. And now my mom makes me sound so cool. <laughs> do you want to hear what my mom says? Yes. Yeah. She says, I tell people that you have your own business in LA, that you used to work for an advertising agency, that you are an art director, producer, illustrator, and digital animator. She goes on to say, here in the auto world, because she's in Michigan, they don't understand any of that. They only understand their own concept of what an artist is, and that is very limited here. So, I tell them that you have single-handedly produced an animated video for Adult Swim on TV, and that you do work for the very popular TV show, The Masked Singer. (laughs) And then they act like they understand. I don't think that they do, though. (laughs) That's great. I love like that. the day to day of my job is just sitting in front of my computer worrying that no one likes my art. But mm-hmm. then to hear my mom tell everybody that I I work on the masked singer, <laughs> which is like my biggest shame, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's very, very funny that in the Midwest, 
that's the thing that hits. So my mom, her text starts out, my son, the artist. Oh. My son is a freelance artist with a degree in illustration. He can draw anything and makes it look easy. He has worked with watercolors, oil, acrylic, pencil, markers, silk screen, digital, and 3D models. He has done contracted work for an athletic company, game companies, DVD covers, magazines, and comic books. He also has an online store and does podcasts with other art friends. Oh my God. He's taught college classes in illustration. He likes to encourage and mentor other artists as he was mentored earlier in his career. He's always creating new artwork to take and sell at conventions such as Gen Con and various other pop culture events. I usually show people I know or who ask about him, his website or picture of his work. And then it says, I like all his work, even if he doesn't think his early stuff was as good as his current work. (laughs) You guys' parent, like, does so good at selling you guys. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that, do that I just was like copy an and paste this to my website? <laughs> 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 like, this is what my mom says about me. <laughs> I I would delight if you did that. Yeah. If I was an art director and I'm shopping around for someone to work with and I go into your about me and it has a segment that's like, my mom says. <laughs> <laughs> Hired. And then my dad also wrote something. Should I share that? Sure. Okay. So my dad said, when I meet people and I describe what my son does, I say he is a freelance illustrator. He is very talented. He did two Reebok CrossFit posters when he worked at Reebok. He has done work for Sony, both DVD covers, one for a Terminator movie and one for a a possessed car named Christine. These are like resumes, right? Yeah. Then I say he has also done a lot of illustrations for quite a few games like Cobble and Fog and is currently working on a real big job for a company in the UK. He has even done a few illustrations for Magic the Gathering. If they seem real interested, I show them his website or I always say I'm really proud of him. If they don't seem too interested, I usually don't go into the website. And if I (laughs) have one of your business cards, I give it to them. Aww. Dang. So my dad's over here like, you need an artist? Here, take this card. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tell him Kevin sent you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm wicked impressed. Yeah, he's your free agent. Yeah. Saying, I know I know, y- y- we didn't have you uh, send a direct text to your parents to say, to mm-hmm. ask, to describe your work. But if you were to imagine what they'd say, what do you what do you think it would be? Like, something actually came to my mind. Um, When you tell your story, um, it was the opposite way around, where her friend was, like, bragging about her son being, like, a really successful graphic design. And Uh my mom was like, oh, that's awesome. And then her friend would be like, also, what kind of art does your daughter do? And then my mom would be like, graphic design. And I'm like, I don't think she ever comprehend the word graphic design. Or anything that I do. Because our industry is kind of non-existent in Vietnam. Like, ah. animation-wise, like, it's pretty bad there. Like, if you do animation, you go to Korea or, like, mm-hmm. you know, other places. LA. So, yeah. So, when you told your story, I thought of that. And then one other story I thought of was in primary school. I was, like, selling 
art. Mm-hmm. Like I was ske- selling like doodles and some rich kid would like Dang. buy it for $2. You really started early, huh? I know. <laughs> entrepreneur from the start. Yeah. <laughs> As born this way? Oh my God, it's just in the blood. <laughs> and then I ran home and I was like, mom, mom, I like sold this for like $2. And then my brother was making fun of me. What are you going to do? Like, sell your art? Sell your drawing for a living? And I'm like, guess what I'm doing now? <laughs> Selling at convention, bitch. <laughs> oh, spite. It's one hell of a motivator. I know. Truly. When we talk about rivals in the future, man. Yes. That car is going to go fast. <laughs> yep. The gasoline of spite. So... I also have uh, one more thing to read because Beth, I, I I decided to contact Podcast Dad. No, and ask Podcast Dad how he describes what you do. What I do? Yes. Oh, this might make me cry. Podcast Dad, he's a writer. Yeah. Oh. He says when I first started working with Beth, the she's an artist would be met with anticipatory stares, like. Just saying artist wasn't enough of an explainer of what someone could do for a living, let alone need someone to assist. I'd then follow it up with, for like ads and stuff, because if there's a language Americans over 60 understand, it's commercials. The Masked Singer. She (laughs) makes that TV show. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's what Podcast Dad, how he describes what you do. Oh, I thought it was going to be nicer. (laughs) <laughs> i apologized i apologized too because i was like i'm sorry this is last minute i just came up with this idea i want to surprise no, i, I say like uh send back a response and say like hey can you punch this up make it a little bit more <laughs> congratulatory and uh, sugary sweet make her really feel like a valuable asset yeah okay i'll do that thanks yeah <laughs> we'll take it again later okay sounds good <laughs> You know what? I I was sort of expecting that this segment would be um, cheeky Mm -hmm. because I have in the past had my parents be like, I don't know you graphic design. What's the difference between illustration, fine art? She paints, but on the computer. (laughs) That's that was the expected. (laughs) And instead, uh, I met with like really on the whole delightful and supportive promotions from our parents. Like Mm -hmm. there's pride there. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that just what we've been fishing for our whole lives? Yep. Somebody praised us when we were young and we just chasing that high ever since. (laughs) (laughs) That one art teacher. Yeah. And one person was like, oh my God, that's so good. Can you draw me? And we were just like, yes. Oh my God. I will learn how to for the rest of my life. Yeah. (laughs) I went to school, spent all this tuition money just to do that, just to draw you. Yep. Yeah. Track down that one person who like first complimented us and we're like, I did it. What if? Do you remember me? And they're like, no. (laughs) But what if they do actually? What if they're like, Andrew Thompson from kindergarten, that prodigy who I thought about for my entire life. And then it's like a meet cute and you've drawn a picture of her and you give it to her and she's like, the prophecy fulfilled. Mm. let me write your story (laughs) okay you could you could write a fanfic of my life (laughs) why do i imagine you writing fanfics beth because i have 
<laughs> because you're looking at a girl who penned at least four Inuyasha fan fictions. Uh, I was gonna, mm-hmm. I was gonna guess Yu-Gi-Oh. Y'all, I told Andrew early on in our friendship that I had an actual crush on the transformed version of Yugi. Oh, yeah, yeah, deep, deep voice, voice Yugi, taller. Mm-hmm. He would come on the show, and my heart would go doki doki. Oh, <laughs> and he doesn't let he would, he finds that very funny. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty great when you told me the first time. <laughs> he won't let me live it down. I got my corral of anime boys. I could tell you who else. Vaughn from Escaflone. I don't know that one. Me neither. Yep, that's I don't. These are the boys that I keep secret. Other <laughs> <laughs> ones. I just I just fell in love with the new character from the game Tales of Arise. Iron Mask, the main the main character that you play in Tales of Arise is my boyfriend. He's perfect. He's a perfect man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really like Loki from Marvel. And then when I told my friends, oh, here's Dustin. I'm dating Dustin. And they're like, oh, I fucking see it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when that happens. It's like the TikTok meme that's like, show us your childhood crush and then show us who you're dating. Yeah. And it's like, they look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Types are real. That's that's fantastic. (laughs) So do you have an artist to share this week? I do. Of course, we're gonna promote saying again. Absolutely. You working on anything? Anything new that you want to promote? Do you guys know the game company that's called That Game Company? Yes, they did like Journey, Sky, Flower, and Flower. Journey. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like super cute aesthetic games. They have an an announced project, and if the writing get approved, I'm gonna be the Vistep artist. Artist. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Those games are so art forward. That's huge. It's super cute. Like a bunch of sky, and I'm like, that's all I paint. Hire me. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, easy, easy choice. Yeah. So is this a job that you reached out to them about, or did they contact you first? It's actually from Lightbox. Oh, cool. Um, We got in, me and Dustin got in. Yeah. But then we were doing another con that weekend, and then we never set up our online like artist alley. But somehow, some people found mm, us, and like I got a job from Netflix, and then I got the you know this unannounced project, both from Lightbox. Hell yeah! Wow! Yeah. Well, congratulations! Thank yeah. you. So, Sang's going to be our impromptu artist. I had an artist picked out, but I'm going to hold her off for next week. Why not? Share and both? instead, we're going to promote you because we're going to do this for like years. And so it's good <laughs> to keep some in the back pocket. You yeah. know what I mean? That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> you can tweet at us at your art friends just like at Sarah underscore three did she wrote literally rejoined twitter just for my favorite podcast at your art friends at beth be red and at schmandrew art i'm just gonna hide in this happy bright corner of the internet which blows my mind thank you Sarah. yeah it was, it so, was sweet. so sweet and we then- promise not to post anything upsetting on twitter you can also email us at your art pod at gmail.com well, we've come to the end of the pod. Oh, wait, we didn't plug ourselves. We can do that quick. Yeah. I'm Beth B. Rad all over the internet. You guys hear me every single week. You get it. Look at my link tree. It's fancy. Nice. And I'm Schmandrew Art everywhere on the internet. You can also find me at schmandrewart.com. If you want to check out any of my art prints, playmats, pins, or token packs, and I will be closing my shop down at the end of November. So if you want anything, definitely get it 
sooner rather than later. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast. Sometimes we were serious and sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester Tom Fool. But that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass hang out together. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for being of on. Of course. I flew here just for you guys. Yeah. So, um, you're welcome. Your Art Friends is a More Park Media production. Our music is by Andrew Smith. You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio. 